0: Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in. Welcome to the Prayer House Podcast. Our mission and vision is simple, to spread the gospel and the good news to the ends of the world and do it by building a community whose foundation is Jesus Christ. So welcome to the family. We hope you enjoy this message and that it is a blessing to you. Awesome, awesome. I th- I really thank and praise God for this wonderful opportunity. Um, <clears throat> as Eileen was saying, you know, it's not just, you know, I'm not going to take any pride in saying that I'm an anointed woman of God. I will say that this ministry right here, Prayer House, and you leaders, and you, Eileen, and whoever and whoever you, you guys are who are taking responsibility and, and, and having this delegation of, of, of leading Prayer House, you guys are the ones that are, that, are, that are so anointed, who are so fervently and passionately serving God, and I thank God for you guys. So thank you so much for this opportunity. This is uh, not for me. This is uh, for God. This is for the Spirit of God to shine through, and not me, not my words. This is not my words. These are the words of God. Amen? Amen. I just want to quickly do a quick prayer and go right into this. Heavenly Father, Lord, Spirit of the living God, I ask that you rain down among us and that you speak through me. Not me talking, not, not us listening, but the spirit within us that is yearning to be strengthened, that is yearning to be on fire for you. Lord, you speak through us and speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 So when I asked um, one of the leaders, I asked them, hey, like, what's the topic for like this week? What's the theme for this week? I'm confused. I don't know what to talk about. (laughs) And uh, one of the leaders told me, you know, it's it's, uh, this, this, we're centralizing this week around community through communion. And so as I was thinking about that, I was like, my dude, you got to come through because for like five days straight, I was like, I was, I was really like, I took my Bible. I I like flipped through my notes. I was flipping through my notes. I was looking at the uh, index in the back. I was like communion community. I was like looking there. I look, I was like Google. I was like, yo, I can't find one thing, one thing on community or communion or something to talk about. And literally this is kind of sad, but I won't be straight up with you, but I was sitting in my room the other day and I was just like, and um, I'm in the process of moving. So if you guys are interested to see how how my uh, living room looks right now, it's full of boxes and stuff. So literally I was sitting in my like empty bedroom. It was really sad. The lamp wasn't there. And I was kind of like sitting in the dark. I was like, yo, I don't know what to preach on. I don't know what to meditate on. And I closed my eyes. And if you guys have ever seen the movie, Can You See Me?, Or can you see me too? It's about the magicians, right? They make the magic tricks and everything. And one of the lines, one of the magicians say this, one of the actors says this, he says, the closer you look, the less you see. The closer you scrutinize something, the more you're missing the bigger picture of things. The closer and, and the more detailed you get, the more uh, of a perfectionist kind of uh, persona you embody when you're trying to accomplish something, the less you are seeing the bigger picture. And you're not going to get anywhere by doing that. And that's what came to my mind. I was like, wow, you really came through. You put a whole movie in my head. So thank you. And I, and I was like, that's it. That's what I want to talk about. I looked at my notebook, the word community and the word communion. I looked at them and I was like, bingo. If you look at these two words, the root word, the prefix is calm, C-O-M. And this calm word or root or prefix is defined as the coming together of something, the association between something, the completion of something, right? Communion, union, right? You come in unison. Community, you, unity, right? You come together. And so I was thinking about this. I was like, duh. And so I got my, you know, I got my meditation on it. So, if you turn with me to the book of Matthew, chapter eighteen, verse twenty, and this is just my this is just my general verse and overarching verse for the topic tonight. Matthew chapter eighteen, verse twenty, and it says, "For this is a verse that all of you should have learned in Sunday school, VBS, uh, whatever else you guys the quiz times that you had." Okay, so I start my opening prayer with this verse. For where two or three are gathered together, I'm going to say that again. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. Let me tell you something straight off the bat. There is something so powerful about a community coming together and praying under the name of Jesus that the enemy cannot stand. There is something about a church that comes together in one accord. There is something about the body of Christ coming in one mindedness under one name that the enemy cannot stand. The enemy will look at your church when you come together in one name, the enemy will look and say, yeah, I, I ain't trying that. I'm sorry. I'm going to go somewhere else because the Lord is there. The spirit of the living God is there. But see, there's a catch. The spirit of the living God will be there only when you gather, not just gather.
1: You have to gather together. You have to be in unison together. One of the
0: best examples, turn with me to the book of Esther chapter 4. Esther chapter 4 verse 15 and 16 this is one of my favorite verses. Esther is one of my favorite characters, not just because she's a woman and I associate with a woman, but it is, it is actually Esther because this is, what, this is her mentality. This is what a leader looks like. This is what leadership quality looks like when it comes to communion. Read verse uh, for, uh, 15 and 16 with me. Then Esther told them to reply to Mordecai. Esther is telling the eunuchs to go and give the message to Mordecai, saying, go gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night and day. My maids and I will fast likewise. Let me say that again. Go and gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me. Listen, when we think about the book of Esther, we usually cite her as a hero, which she is, and I'm not downplaying her heroic qualities, but I'm going to say this right now. There are other heroes here that we do not focus on, and these heroes are the Jews themselves, because when we think of Esther, we think Esther prayed and fasted for the Jews. Man, her prayer went up to heaven, God listened, and God delivered the Jews. Let me tell you something. The the Jews here are also fasting and praying for Esther. And we know how this story ends, don't we? We know how this story ends with these Jews coming together in communion, in a community, this Jewish community coming together and praying and fasting and praying for one person, for just this one little Esther. We see a great deliverance. We see the deliverance of the Jews. What a Sunday school story it is. And yet sometimes, me, my, myself included, we we fail to see the real meaning of prayer here as a communion, as a community. We fail to see that we see Esther fasted and prayed. Yes. It's a, we don't, Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe maybe you guys don't think that. Maybe you guys don't think that the book of Esther is about fasting and prayer, and it teaches us predominantly on fasting and prayer for the nations. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think most of us think that. If we think about Esther, we think Esther fasted and prayed for the Jews. The Jews also gathered together and prayed for Esther. And let me tell you, not only was Esther made for such a time as that, the nation of the Jews were also made for such a time as that these Jews they came together in one accord in one mindedness with one burden with one prayer with one heart and they prayed for this Queen Esther and the Jews were delivered right then and there because they prayed under the one
1: name of our most powerful most magnificent majestic King Jesus Christ People of God, it's one thing to fellowship. It's
0: one thing to fellowship as youth. Don't take offense.
1: It's, I'm talking to myself too. It's one thing to come together as youth and talk, laugh, joke around, chill, whatever. That
0: can be communion. Yeah, that's sure, that's a community. That's good. What have you ever heard this, this, this phrase? Yeah, let's do a quick prayer.
1: Have you guys ever heard that phrase? Yeah, let's quickly pray. I hear that all the time. And I
0: say that all the time, too. And I've been recently convicted about that. Like, what? Sorry, my mom is like washing the dishes in the background. She just came from California. So you might hear her washing away. But Sometimes, you know, when we're, in, when we're, we're in with our friends, our friend circle, especially in our church youth community, right? We'll be at somebody's house after a fasting prayer. We do the hallelujah, 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 amen, and we go break out and we, we do something, right? We chill, we talk, we laugh and joke. And then finally, yeah, like, whatever. And we do a quick prayer. Let's do a quick prayer. Let's go. Let's do a quick prayer. See. Si. That quick prayer is okay. It will do, there's power in prayer, period. I get that. But let's think about this. When you come together under the name of Jesus, again, I'm going to say this time and time again. When you come on two or three people gather. there are 45 people here. Where there are two or three people gather, he is in the midst of us. Do
1: you think he's going to make time to come in the midst of us for a quick prayer? Abba, thank you. Hallelujah. We praise you. Please be with us. Guard us. Protect us. In Jesus' name.
0: You think my God of the universe has time for a five-second prayer to come in the midst of you guys and be like, oh, two sentences? Oh, gotcha. My God is not going to do that. When we say prayer, we mean prayer. So if you're going to gather together as a team, gather together as a youth team, gather together as a fasting career, gather together as a family, even family prayer, I highly encourage you when you pray, you better pray with all that you have. You better pray with everything that you have. Don't just pray a five second prayer. Don't just pray a five minute prayer. You pray like it is nobody's business. Like Jesus is literally
1: ascending to judge the world, like right now. That's how we pray. And that's what the Jews do here as a community. For three days and three
0: nights, they mourned, tore their sackcloth, wept.
1: They were yearning for a deliverance. They didn't do a five minute prayer at the downtown church. They didn't do a one hour fasting prayer session. They didn't do a three hour fasting prayer session. Three days and three nights. Can you imagine?
0: I can't even go one meal. Like I can't even like let go of one meal sometimes a day. That's intense. So let's That's a joke. I can if I have self control, but Let's think about that. Let's think about that. Communion in crisis, that was point number one. When we read the book of Esther, next time you meditate on the book of Esther or Ezra or Nehemiah, all those, you know, very uh, close related periodical times, think about that. Think about the power of prayer as a community. Because I assure you, on the day of Pentecost, when the disciples gathered in the upper room, I bet the devil looked down and said, okay, probably not. I'm going to go hit it somewhere else, or I'm going to go to somebody else's house. When you gather together, man, and let me tell you something. God just put this on my heart. You know how I just said that God is in the midst of us when two or three gather? Think about this. If he is in the midst of us, what's that verse again? Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is deliverance. Come on, people. When these Jews gathered together, the the Lord descended. His presence, his spirit descended upon that very place. And I assure you that that deliverance that occurred in that time was because the spirit of the living God was there. I assure you. I, I guarantee you, next time you pray as a community, next time you hold hands with some other person other than yourself, next time you hold hands with three or four other people, next, I guarantee you, if you are 100% in, 100% praying, 100% all in, I assure you, you will hear your answer probably very in the very next day, few days. I assure you this. That's the problem with this generation, including myself. It would be hypocritical
1: not to include myself. The problem is that we have taken it too lightly. We have dumbed prayer down. We have dumbed prayer down. My mom was preaching the other day, and she told me how uh, not
0: just the Jews, uh, when Nehemiah was preaching and praying, It says in in Nehemiah, I believe, that the Jews,
1: it specifically says, they stood on their feet for six hours. For six
0: hours, I cannot go to church and stand for 30 minutes of worship without
1: feeling like I'm going to pass out because my knees hurt, because my feet hurt. I told you, I love meditating on the Old Testament. That's why I love bringing up the Old Testament. So forgive me if
0: you are not too fond of the Old Testament. This is the truth. We have dumbed prayer down. We have dumbed the immense power behind a communal prayer. I want to give you another quick example. Okay. Turn with me to the book of Acts chapter, I'm sorry, Philippians. Philippians chapter 2 verse 20. I want you guys to return with me to the book of Philippians chapter 2, verse 20. And before we read this, I want to give you a quick summary of what this is. Timothy, (laughs) Paul is writing a letter. And in this letter, uh, he is addressing Timothy. He is not addressing to Timothy. He is talking about Timothy. And he is talking about some qualities that Timothy has read with me in verse 20 Philippians 2:20 for i have Paul is saying for i have no one like-minded who will sincerely care for your state of the Philippians for all seek their own not the things which are of Christ but you know Timothy's proven character that as a son with his father, he served with me in the gospel. Think about that. Think about a prophet coming to you or your pastor coming to you, Pastor Filson, Pastor George, Pastor Thomas, just, you know, I don't know any of your pastor's names, but I'm going to throw out the generic name. So no, don't take offense, but I'll say my pastor's name too. Okay. Pastor Austin Michael. Okay. Like, come on. Imagine your pastor comes up to you and goes, Hey, Hannah. I have no one else in this church who shares the same burden as me except you. No one else. You're just like me, Hannah. Imagine if the pastor of your church came to you and said, hey, Andrew. Yeah, hey, Andrew. Hey, Anu. Hey, uh, Stephanie. Hey, uh, Kezia. Hey, Chris. Like nobody else shares the same vision as me. You are just like me. Nobody else is like you. Like, I, I think you are so special. Imagine your, your pastor saying that to you. I would literally pass out and faint. I'd be like, what's going on? But see, Paul sees this quality in Timothy that I don't think a lot of us, I think a lot of us fail to see this quality in Timothy. Timothy has a very team-oriented mindset. We are moving away from community prayer and we're coming to this team mindset so if you are a leader at prayer house or if you are leading some other organization or some other event or team or whatever you are leading i highly encourage you listen to this this will literally save your team leadership issues whatever timothy if you read in the book of acts if you want to turn with me you can in the book of acts chapter 16 verse 5 acts chapter 16 verse 5 we read of three people Timothy, Paul, and Silas. All three people here, they are... I'm going to read it for you because I really want you guys to listen to what this is. Verse, uh, Tim, uh, Acts chapter 16, verse 4. Just read with me. And as they... They as in who? Paul, Silas, Timothy. As they went through the cities they delivered to them the decrees to keep, which were determined by the apostles and elders at Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in faith and increased in number daily, not monthly, not weekly, not every other day. Daily, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, like every other, literally every day, people were coming, one family more, one more family, two more people, two more brothers, one more person three more children, daily people by people that they kept on coming. And why is this? Read in the previous verse with me. In the previous verse it says, as they went through the cities, this is a team dynamic, not as Timothy went through the cities, not as Paul went through the cities, not as Silas went through the cities. They delivered to them. Paul did not deliver it to them. Timothy did not deliver it to them. Silas did not. They delivered to them the decrees to keep, which were determined by the apostles and elders at Jerusalem. So while Paul, Timothy, and Silas are in one area, the elders and the other apostles are in Jerusalem, and they are the ones keeping in contact, and they are running this ministry, even with miles apart, they still have a one-mindedness, as Paul wrote, Then no one is like-minded. I assure you right now, if you are a leader, if you are planning to lead something, if you are an, a mentor, whoever you may be, a pastor, a, a discipleship leader, whoever you are, I encourage you, if you do not have a one-minded spirit, you will not see growth. Community, I'm sorry, communion means change. You need to see a change in your ministry. You need to see a growth when you are in communion. If you are a team, if you
1: are in communion with, the, with other people and you don't see growth, something is up. I'm going to be honest. Something is up. I encourage you, if you are in a team, if you are in a team-oriented environment, I
0: highly encourage you, be one-minded. Be one-minded. Forget the small drama. Forget the petty fights. Forget, oh, my idea was this and my idea, the, uh, this, uh, this person's idea was this. Forget the petty things. Forget the small things. What, is the, what does that matter? When your goal, when your team has a goal, you fix your mind on the goal. Paul says, fix your eyes on the things that which are ahead. If you, think, if you fix your eyes to the right to look at what your teammate is doing, you
1: ain't getting nowhere except the sideline. I assure you, you won't fail that race. If you don't see some sort of change, you need to re-examine your team dynamic. You need to re-examine
0: your church dynamic. You need to pray for your church to fix these little issues, to fix these petty little uh, differences, whatever it is. I'm going to be honest, especially in the Indian community, what do we see? Oh, my God. Forget the Indian community. I'm going to out my Tamilians, my fellow. I'm a Tamilian by the way. I'm going to out my fellow Tamilians. sometimes, we get into the pettiest things. And I'm just like, you really fighting over who Sari that is? Really? And this happened. This actually happened. Hey, same. Huh? Some somebody. <laughs> Yo, this girl knows what's up. Exactly. I'm telling you right now. The pettiest things. I went to India the other a uh, few few years ago. The pettiest fight oh my God, I'm not gonna say it because my mom's right here and it happened in my mom's side of the family, so I'm not gonna say it. (laughs) She's like sitting in the room like on her phone and 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 she can hear me, so I'm not gonna say nothing, but she knows what I'm talking about. Petty little things that ruins the family dynamic. If your family, even in your family, I, oh my God, let's talk about that. The spirit of God just laid that down. I was not planning on talking about family dynamic. Let's talk about family dynamic. If there is a, if there is no one-mindedness in your family, if there is not one spirit in your family, if there is no one shared goal in your family, that is probably why your family is not put together. I'm talking from experience. I don't have my father, I'll be honest, my father, because some of you know, my father had left a long time ago. My father had left for another woman. I prayed, I'm healed from it. I thank God for that. But my family remained broken. One side Angel, many of you know Angel, Angel, Angela, Angel Techi, she she tried to take that position as the elder, the second elder in the family, because it was just my mom, my dad, my sister, and me. So as soon as my dad left the picture, Angel tried stepping up. She tried to do her best. My mom tried to do her best to hold the family together. And it was just so tough. There was no one-mindedness. Angel was trying to do something. My mom was trying to handle this thing in the family, that thing in the family. I was just sitting there looking at both of them because I had no idea what was going on. I was a little kid.
1: I was like, I feel dumb right now, but I'm just going to let this play out. And what happened was there was a clash. As a family, we never progressed into that healing stage.
0: As a team, if you have that clash, if you have that petty differences, those petty little things, you cannot move forward as a team. You cannot move forward as a, as a, as a collective body. Church, we need to get together and we need to get ourselves together. Because I assure you, the small little things in churches, the small little dramas that
1: happen in churches, are the reason why churches are failing today. And I'm being so honest with you tonight. People nowadays, they're not fearing church anymore. They're fearing going to church because of all this. Is somebody named Beef Curry in the line? Yo, I was like speaking so seriously and then I see beef curry. That made my
0: day. Oh man, that was good. Beef curry. I like that. True. I'm telling you right now, and I'm going to end with this. It's already 9.50. I'm going to end with this. I'm going to summarize it for you guys. There is power. Point number one, there is power in, in, in a community coming together and praying. There is power in the name of Jesus. Believe it with your whole heart. As cliche as it is, as cliches, as cliche as the songs and the worship songs say it is, there is power, real power, I'm telling you right now. Get together as a community, share that one burden. Like the Jews, they all shared one burden to pray for Esther. They all shared one burden. They all shared one goal, one prayer, one pain. And because of that, they saw massive deliverance, massive freedom, a freedom that was not expected. If I perish, I perish, Esther said. Did she perish? No. Actually, the king, the first words out of the mouth was probably, yeah, I agree. And let her go. There is power in coming together as a community and praying. Point number two, communion means nothing without
1: change. You don't see change or growth in yourself. What are you doing? I experienced that. I was going
0: to church. My mom asked me to sing on some conference lines. I don't know, maybe if you guys are familiar with the conference lines where you dial in a number and then you, you put it on mute or star six and you listen to the prayers my mom would tell me, yeah, play some songs, sing some songs. So I'd be like, all right. So I was just like half-heartedly singing. And I was like, now that I look back, I'm like, what was that for? What was me coming to that conference for? What was
1: even us gathering together there for? What was the purpose of that? If none of us were giving any, any effort. Communion means nothing without change or growth. And we all know the basic definition of communion. You got the little grape juice, you got the little manna, right? If you don't see change after that, what's the point? What's the point if you don't see a growth in your team? What's the point if you don't see a growth in your church? Are you
0: just going to say, yeah, we'll try harder next Sunday. We'll try harder next Saturday at the fasting prayer. Don't just try harder, get together And you better pray like those Jews, 100% with one burden, with mourning, with weeping, with their entire being. They literally humiliated themselves in sackcloth. Sackcloth is meant for mourning for the dead. They are mourning for the dead. They are literally humiliating themselves in in front of God's presence. And they are looking for that freedom. If you are looking for a freedom in your family's life, if you are looking for deliverance in your church that's not growing, if you are looking for deliverance in yourself that you are not seeing change I ask you and I humbly request you in your day-to-day prayers with everything you have, don't just pray a simple generic five-minute prayer, the Lord's Prayer, or sing or just play some worship songs. You can hear it, but you ain't feeling it. I ask you, sit down. I challenge you and you will see this. Give it six months. Six months, just don't fast and pray for six months, that's crazy, but I'm trying to say, get down on your knees for at least six months, get down on your knees, pray an an anointed prayer, don't set a timer on your phone, don't keep checking your watch, don't do that, you just get down and you pray as long as you need to, as long as the Spirit guides you and leads you to, and I assure you, you will see deliverance, you will see deliverance in your family, you will see deliverance in your church, prayer house. You will see on a massive revival, I ask you and I urge you, get down on your knees and humble yourselves. Humiliate yourselves and get down and pray as a community. Don't just pray because Anu asked you to. Don't just pray because Eileen asked you to or, or Brian asked you to. You pray because you have that burden. Make that a challenge for yourself. If you challenge yourself like that, I assure you, Ain't nothing going to stop you. And Acts chapter 16 verse 5 will become a, prov- a prophecy fulfilled in your life where daily people were coming. Daily people were being added. Numbers were coming into the church daily. I assure you that prophecy will be fulfilled in your life. Hallelujah. Come to- let us come together. Hallelujah. And in this last one minute I have, I ask you all come together right now. Wherever you are, wherever you are, maybe in the kitchen, in the bathroom, if you're in the bathroom, just close your eyes. Wherever you are, bedroom, close your eyes with me. One-mindedly, let us pray. Let us pray, one-mindedly. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord Jesus. We praise you. We worship you. We magnify your holy, precious name, oh, Father God. We magnify you. We worship you. We praise you. Lord, you are God above all things. You are a God who sees through to the end. You are a God of deliverance. You are a God of liberty. You are a God of freedom. You are a God of change. You are a God of grace. And we prophesy and pray this over every single person's life here, oh Father. Whether they are 5 years old or 50 years old, we pray that this prophecy will be fulfilled. That a revival will take place. That an, out, an outpouring, an abundance of grace will be just showered upon their spiritual life, oh Father God. Lord, I pray that you will use us in these last days strengthen us O oh father strengthen us to come together as a community and commune in your name under one name the name of jesus christ my king we pray O oh father god lord you lead us speak to us guide us and use us in these last days mightily mightily O oh father lord we pray all these things in jesus most precious name we pray and the people of god said amen amen Thanks again for tuning in. We pray for to you today that the word of God touched you and transformed you as only his word can. Rate us and leave a review if you can. We'd really appreciate it. Till then, keep searching, keep listening for his voice, and we'll see you again next time, fam.